So what? I didn't know like they made birth flowers for like each month. Huh. You know how like oh, you have like a birthstone or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now December has two. Uh, Poinsettia. No, that's November. What? Yeah, so that's November. I said the same thing. Montana um, said the same thing. Uh, so anyway, the the two flowers for December are a holly, which you know. I just said that. Whatever. Come on. Um, and then the second one is a narcissist. Oh, like the uh, the Greek myth. Like the gladiator who killed Commodus. His name was Narcissus. Oh, okay. Or he was um, Echo and Narcissus. I he was so, yeah, so obsessed and also hot that he stared into his own reflection until he died. And he became a flower. Wow. And there it is. It's called a Narcissus. Yeah, I, I, I think I know a few so people So that flower is just a self-obsessed hot guy. There you go. That sounds like Cooper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And we're back like another Wisconsin sports team. Disappointing you in the playoffs. Oh, oh man. What a rough start. I, How are you going to cheer me up after that? Now you got to give me... I don't think it's going to cheer you up. But we did say... Well, I said... You said it. I wholeheartedly agreed with you at the time. But you said it? I just opened it and it just smells bad. Don't You're not supposed to smell it. We have 40-year-old tequila. Now, fun fact, like, when you hear, like, a 40-year-old, like, McAllen or something. That's good. That's, like, a good thing. But they aged that in a... Uh, barrel. Like, in a barrel, not a, like, see-through glass bottle like this Jose Cuervo. Or, like, your grandma's liquor cabinet for 40 years? Yeah, it was in my grandma's <laughs> liquor cabinet for 40 years. And we are getting rid of it. Oh, God. It doesn't even... Like, I can't tell if it's gold or white. Like, I apologize for the rest of Thurston's and after oh, this one. Oh, God. But that has to be the worst prediction in the history of mankind. Jimmy Butler isn't a superstar. Okay. Jimmy Butler is a fake superstar. Wow. He's really? not really, like, he's not a superstar. Why not? You look at the points? Isn't he, like, a charismatic guy? He's a douche. He's on commercials and shit? Like, he's, like, he needs to be the biggest fish in a small pond. Bucks in three and a half. Bucks in 3.5. <laughs> it's not aging well. Okay, it did not age well. It's aging like this tequila. That's true. Well, but this is not a funsy shot. This is not a shot to get the people going. It's getting the people going. This is a shot because we deserve punishment. Oh, oh! Get away from me! Oh god! Oh, oh god! I feel it on my spine. <laughs> oh! I think I grew body parts to like feel that in. Oh! Like I discovered some. Oh! Oh god! Fuck you, Jimmy. Oh, God, the aftertaste is hitting me now. <sighs> Normally, like, when I do a shot, I don't need a chaser. That hurts almost as much as game five. Too soon. Hey, you ever seen uh, the uh, the Dan Brown uh, movies, uh, Angels and Demons? No, I stopped at uh, what uh, are the... the Da Vinci Code or whatever. Yeah, the Tom Hanks ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's, like, the guy in the movie, and he's, like, super religious or whatever. And every time he sins, he has to, like, punish himself. 
So oh, he yeah, whips yeah, himself. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's what we just did. They call that something like self-flagellation. Wow. I'd self-flagellate myself all the time. <laughs> With 40-year-old tequila. <laughs> anyway, the Bucks. Who do you blame for that epic letdown? You can't call it a collapse. I almost called it a collapse. It's not a collapse. It's a letdown. You have to be up to collapse. I guess like the games. games the games were on a com- micro level. It was a collapse. There's a bunch of collapses level. that were a letdown. I'm gonna blame. Can I give? I got. I'm gonna cap it out. I'm gonna give equal blame to Bud and the players because there were things were like not getting out on three shooters defensively. Um, to me, sometimes shooting way too early on the clock, I get I get it. It's the players that do it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. The coach has to be telling him what to do. There's things that I saw were, like, just not enough adjustments, so I'll give that to Bud. But there's, like I said, just, like, taking dumb shots. When uh, in, the, in game five, they're up 16, and then I think it got to about maybe seven. And, you know, you can feel the heat, like, breathing down our necks. What does Giannis do? Runs up and just shoots along too. Like, dude, you can't hit any free throws. Like, why is this our shot? Drew did it a bunch. Um, there were a bunch of late turnovers, like, in the fourth oh, quarter. Drew was awful. Uh, obviously, the Grayson thing, just, like, dribbling the ball out to lose the game. Like, the players fucked it up for me. Like, we just looked, like, we like, sloppy, lazy, like, dumb. I don't know. We should uh, make a video. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a GIF or something. Um, either way, I'm sure we can find it. Like, the little kid, I think it's in, like, the little rascals who, like, catches the football and doesn't know what to do and just gets, like, clobbered. <laughs> that was Grayson Allen. So, we, we should have made that into a video. Still could. For game five, I, I put the blame mostly on Giannis. Now, I know everybody loves Giannis, but he scored, what, 38 points? And it was the ugliest 38 points I've ever seen anybody score in my whole life. He shot 23 free throws, only made mm-hmm. 10 of them. That, to me, was huge. The fact that he, like, he turned into a jump shooter. He wasn't passing. He, it was just a very ugly performance for Giannis. Uh, so I put most of the blame on Game 5 on Giannis. Now, I know a lot of people are going to blame Bud, and I don't think that they're wrong. But at a certain point... It, you also run into a team that just gets super hot. And that was the Miami Heat, and mostly that was Jimmy Butler. I also think the fact that the rule, the Zaza Pachulia rule, when I think he fouled, I think it was Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard like landed on his foot and rolled his ankle. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. That has made it so difficult to guard jump To shooters. really defend, yeah. Like, you used to be able to get into a guy's space, and as long as you didn't like make contact with their arm, you could make them uncomfortable. Now like, you can't do that because he'll just land on your foot. He'll land on your foot. He'll fall down. They'll go to the monitor. They'll call it a flagrant one. It's it's such a stupid rule. Well, just, they want the shooting. You know what I mean? They want guys to like, not be afraid to shoot because like, they want more shit, threes. Eventually, like you're going to land on somebody's foot. Like you, You're playing a sport. It's not meant to be risk-free. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. you, if you play basketball in the NBA, you run the risk. Of landing on a dude's foot right. and rolling your like, ankle. You're jumping in the air most of the time, and guys are like jockeying for position. Like it's a thing that's gonna happen. I just feel like we still, with that said, like we still could have defended shooters. But like in game five, like Bud literally after the first quarter, he goes, 
Like, or I think it was Saturday night when he's like, maybe we should close down Jimmy Butler better. Like, seriously, maybe? Maybe, yeah. They also needed more Matthews, I think. I think Butler got in Holiday's head. Crowder for me was a, that was terrible. Why did we trade for this guy? I know I asked it back then when I said, I don't think he's this guy that we think he is for second round picks. And I get it. It's second round picks in the NBA. Yeah. But still. Jay Crowder is, don't, he's not going to be some savior that we want. He's going to be like Serge Ibaka with braids. Like, bro, stop it with that. For, he did nothing. He was bad. And then uh, he said, I don't know what my purpose was to be brought here. I don't either. But it's also like, you also kind of sucked when you played. So it's not just like it was all on Bud for not playing you. Like a lot of that's on Crowder. So that was disappointing. Um, the other thing I, I would say about the Bucks, I think they got to flop more. Like, I hate that I hate that you would even, like, say that. And I hate that. I hate even more that I'm probably about to agree with it. But, like, I see where you're coming from. But also, though, same thing. So if we flop more and so they get in the bonus, what are we going to the free throw line for if we're just going to brick them? I don't. Like, Chris and Drew had those, like, two each, like, clutch free throws. At the down the stretch, other than that, dude, we're just giving points away at the line. I I don't necessarily think we need to flop more because we need to shoot more free throws. Like clearly, I think we shot thirty more free throws than the Heat did in Game Five, yeah. which is remarkable to lose a game like that. Miami was doing two things, or well, two players on Miami were doing things consistently that should be illegal, and you know if they tried to do these things against Boston. Four guys on Boston would be lying yeah, on the yeah. floor. You know, and even if you don't get the call, you're at least putting the thought in the ref's mind. But first off, Adebayo, every single time he sets a screen, because we were trying to fight over screens, he sets a moving screen. That's not legal. Like You're not allowed to be moving in the direction that the defender's moving as you're screening them. You know, like Marcus Smart would have been rolling around the half-court line if Adebayo did that. And it doesn't matter, like... Only if they call, like, one out of five. Right, right. It still gets it in his mind. Like, okay, next time I set a screen, I got to be a little bit more stationary. You know, I don't want to pick up cheap fouls setting screens. So I, I think that's one thing in which you we probably had enough guys. And we gave up enough three-pointers anyway, so it didn't matter. You might as well just mm. fall down a couple times. See if you can get a cheap one on Bam. The other thing that Miami did... And Jimmy Butler did this every time, and this is a rule that the NBA tried to address last season. You can't kick out your leg anymore as you shoot. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be Mm -hmm. an offensive foul. Every single time Jimmy Butler shoots, he kicks out his leg, and then he tries to land on your foot because of the Zaza Pachulia rule. He shouldn't be allowed to do that. I feel like sometimes you have to embellish contact when everybody else is embellishing contact. Yeah. Because... The refs are used to it. Like, if if you feel contact and 29 other teams are going to fall down, well, if you're the one team who stays upright, they're not going to call it. Because, you know, like, everybody else would have fallen out. Like, Jimmy Butler, like, every single time he shoots, he He just lays on the ground. Falls down. It's ridiculous. But, you know, if he doesn't get punished for it, why not? Yeah, I can see what you're saying in that regard. Um, There's still, like, a bunch of other things I want to see the Bucks do better before that. Like, uh, like defend the three. 
But I mean, it's also hard to defend a three when Bam setting a movie. Yeah, but I mean, like we cannot. Like there were so many open threes. And it's but like the who's the he he looks like Gary Trent Light. Who's their guy? Gabe uh, Vincent. Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin. I think are the same person. <laughs> kind of like both of them. Like eventually, like they went a little cold at one point, but it's like, dude, we're not defending them. Like these aren't gonna miss. These guys aren't gonna miss. Right. Duncan Robinson. Well, that actually, I was gonna make this point too uh, with Duncan, just to bring it back a little bit. Remember, like when he elbowed Pat in the face, and Pat oh, yeah. like really embellished it, and, like really rolled rolled on the ground like a soccer player. Right. He got that one. And first off, he got the call. And I don't think Duncan Robinson hit another shot, scored another point the rest of the game, because that does get in your head a little bit. It it does mess with you a little bit when the guy who's defending you is rolling on the ground. Like if here's my comparison: if you are a WWE wrestler and you want to be the best bad guy ever, be a weasel. Just be the weasel heel. Call out the best wrestler in the room. And then when he comes out, you know, you just walk out of the ring. Like, no, I'm not going to fight you today. And you will get such a pop for that because the crowd hates it. That's what you kind of have to do a little bit as a defender in the NBA, too. You got to be a little bit of a That's true. Yeah. A little a little bit. You want to make them be aggressive. You want to yeah. make them do... You want you want to antagonize a little bit. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Marcus Smart. I was thinking Draymond. Draymond, yeah. They're both in that same uh, weaselly mold. You yeah, know? for sure. Do you have anything else about who do you, well, who do you blame? Half the players, half. I'm yeah. I'm players in, but no one had a good series. Okay. I'm more players over Bud, but I think Bud, the captain, has to go down with the ship. We we did definitely see. I feel like the weakness of the roster, like as far as players, you're talking about. Like we had not a lot of defending. When you look at like. Grayson, Joe, you know, fucking like Pat tried his heart out in Game Five, like with the rebounds. Like I was like, I was proud of Pat in that game. But other than that, I would say there was only two players who I think played above their standards, and that was Pat and Wes. I think like every single other player, you could say. I know Chris had a good first half in Game Five. Like Giannis always stands. Like Giannis always right, his stats will always be there, but the the missed free throws will just crushed it. Like, what's the point of going to the line when it's like, it doesn't even feel like a coin flip. Right. And part of the reason, too, part of the reason why he's shooting 23 free throws is because he missed a lot of bunnies, too. You know, so those should have been and one opportunities. And instead he misses it, and then he misses both free throws. So, you know, that's probably the difference. I mean, let's be honest. Like, Jimmy Butler hits the stupid fall-away push-off on Pat game tying at the end of regulation on game five. And it's like, if Giannis just hits one more free throw, that doesn't tie the game. Yeah. Just one more. If he goes 11 to 23, 11 to 23, that's like 45%. Yep. No, it's frustrating. You got it. So Giannis had a quote. Uh, a lot of people were very hot and cold on the quote. Do you have it? Are you, are we going to play it? I just asked Bud the exact same question, but uh, I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, because I'm not that up. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. 
Okay. Then win a um, championship. Do you, get, do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never... I don't, know, I don't want to... I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me? No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? No. Okay, yeah, exactly. Not so, why are you asking that question? Losing in the first round is a failure. Not it's a wrong question. In general, there's right? no failure in sports. There is failure. You know, there's good That's days, bad true, days. Yeah. Some days. Some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other, other people is going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Similar as that. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play Shoot better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. Yeah, mostly. No, it was not. Really cheap tickets, but... It was steps to it. I drank know? a lot and of bullfrogs in the parking lot. <laughs> Hopefully we can win another one. But it was bad. You know, I... Sorry, like, I, the I team was a failure. I was a failure. Because you had the same question last year. And uh, last year, I was in the, in the uh, right um, mind space to answer the question back. Okay. okay. All right. And I know a lot of people love it. And I can see why. And I can see the, like, we're all into mindsets nowadays. I can see the growth mindset. I can see the positivity in it. And I get that. But to me, there isn't a reason that you can't have a step to a success and a failure. Like, those aren't mutually exclusive. Like, the Bucks failed because in five games, you know what I mean, with Giannis coming back healthy, yes, it's a failure. Can it be a step to success? Maybe. But is it not a failure just because... You get to play again? No, I don't think so. Especially when, we might talk about this, they could have a closing window. So it's like, was this our best chance? And you're telling me that, no, this is just another step. Can I play you something? No. Well, I'm gonna. Because <laughs> it's half my show. Here is a similar question and a similar, not a similar response at all. This is Kobe Bryant. Kobe, you won the MVP, you led the team to the finals. How do you characterize the season? Well, I mean, the goal was to win a championship. You know, it wasn't to win MVP or anything like that. It was to win a championship. So, you know, from that aspect, we failed. Honestly, that's what I want my superstar to say. Well, Giannis's response is it's uplifting, it's encouraging. I'll pin it out and put it on my wall. It's great for, like, normal people. I want that killer instinct. You know what I mean? There's a reason Kobe had... Five. There's a reason Kobe had five championships, you know? And part of it was that drive. That, like, the only goal is to win it all. I have a couple problems with the Giannis quote. First off, I don't like the fact that he's comparing himself to an average, everyday, regular person. (laughs) I don't think that's fair. Like, if I don't get a promotion at my job... Like, first off, like, you know, like, people base a lot of interest in their sports teams. On top of that, what about the person 
who, you know, is working the concession stands at Pfizer, who needs more game revenue to pay their mm-hmm. rent. You know, what about the person who owns a sports bar, who does better business when the Bucks make a deeper run into the playoffs? Like, a lot more rides on what Giannis does, as opposed to what I do, as opposed to what you do, etc., and, you know, like, if you ask people who own a sports bar, who work at a sports bar, they'll tell you they make more money. Like, waiters, waitresses, whatever. Sure. Yeah. They'll make more money when the Bucks are making a deep playoff run. They'll make more money when the Packers, the Brewers, the, mm-hmm. the Badgers, whoever. And... Like, I don't, they don't make more money when I, <laughs> right? when, if I show up 30 minutes late, hung over at my work, <laughs> like, you know, it's not the same thing. So, so I don't like Giannis comparing himself to normal, everyday, regular people. I don't yeah. think that's a fair comparison. The other thing is, yeah, it was a failure. Like, you just had one of the most disappointing playoff series now I get it, you were hurt for three games, mm. but the two games that you played in, you didn't have put the team on my back type playoff performances. You had good, but not great. I know like people are going to say, well, game four, you had a triple-double. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's good. We still lost. You still got outplayed by Jimmy Butler, who I don't, I don't know, like, what is Jimmy Butler, the 10th best player in the NBA? Maybe. I'm not going to disrespect you, but like, all I'm not. <laughs> well, now that he's going to play. No more 40-year-old tequila, okay? It, it was a failure. and I think it I, was, too. And also just to say, because he's like, like you to me, they could have lost. There's a way that they could have not won. And maybe it wasn't a failure or less of a failure. But losing in the first round in five games, blanket failure. Like, get to the Eastern Championship. Get past the first round. And then come and tell me it's a success step. I'm just not seeing it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I could get that quote for last like, year. Like, I almost see his quote being more applicable to, like, like you said, if, if you don't get the promotion every year, like, you could get it next year. You're not starting over in the same sense that the Bucks could be. Right. And, you know, sometimes you don't get the promotion in real life, and you have that conversation with your boss. Like, what do I need to do differently? Right. And you do get to build, you know, you build those steps up. You do learn new skills to ensure that you get it. This was a step back, no matter how you look at it. Like, there's no way. Like, I don't know. Maybe if Giannis doesn't get hurt, maybe they win game one. Maybe they win game three. Who knows? At the end of the day, failure. Agreed. Does this hurt his legacy and or tarnish his legacy? Is there a difference? Tarnish sounds worse to me. I, I would agree. Hurt sounds like... Hurt to me sounds like temporary. Okay, like that it could be undone. And I think it would be more along the lines of that. Tarnish to me sounds like that's irreparable damage. And to me, like if they come back, if they're to somehow win next year, let's, I'm not like saying they're going to win next year, but if they could, wouldn't the loss make it a little bit better? You know, like I don't mean to over wrestling people, like we're going to get people tuned out on this <laughs> one. But the whole big thing from WrestleMania this year was Cody Rhodes losing. Yep. And a lot of people will tell you that it's going to be that much sweeter when he, if, whatever. When he finally wins it. And so I could, is the, you know, is this going to end up being like, look what they came back from? He got injured, they didn't look as good, and then they won in the future. So to me, the the legacy isn't written. I can't tell you if it tarnished it. Maybe in immediacy, it hurts it. 
Yeah, I don't think he tarnished his legacy. I think tarnish is too strong of a word. Mm-hmm. I think tarnish mm-hmm. is usually used for, like, off the field. Yeah, yeah. Issues, you know, like, off the field drama, which Giannis has never had any of that. So I don't think he tarnished it. But I do think he hurt it. And maybe that's just because I had too high of expectations on Giannis. Like, my ceiling for Giannis in the turn, in, like, over his entire career if everything goes to plan, is he could have been a top 10 player all, all time. I don't think, like, that's unrealistic. May, like, maybe it's not probable, but I don't think, like, it was, like, impossible. So okay. I do struggle to say when his career is over, he will be a top 10 player all time. And really, if you look at, like, the top 10 list of players, it's kind of, like, broken into two tiers, in my opinion. So you have, like, your do-everything scorers, you know, like your guys like Jordan, Kobe, even LeBron, Bird, I think you would put in that. Okay. Guys who can score from anywhere, they can get to the basket, they can hit a jump shot from anywhere on the court. And maybe it was unrealistic to think Giannis could ever get to that level. But there's also that second tier in the top ten. And that's, like, your dominant big mm. man. Guys like Kareem, guys like Shaq, guys like Wilt, Russell. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you were like, maybe Giannis could get to that level. You know, like that 7 through 10 range or something like that. You can't lose a series to the Heat. Like, he kind of is, right? Like, when you're still 30-whatever points every night, 20 rebounds in the last one. Like, that is dominant big man numbers. Now, Shaq had Kobe. Shaq had Kobe. But Shaq also won one with Wade. Didn't he win one with Boston at the end of his career, too? So the big leprechaun was he on the? Did they win? I think I think he might have. But it also like uh, those championships were not about Shaq, okay? Right. But I. But he's still Dwayne Wade is still like a Hall of Famer, right? Wait, yeah, Wade is still a Hall of Famer. I mean, I I just don't know. Like maybe it's recency bias. I just can't put him in that level. I think he's more in like that third tier. The guys like Barkley and Duncan. Malone, maybe. I guess that's not a, that's not a bad tier. That's not a bad tier, <laughs> but maybe that's his ceiling now. So maybe that's what he did. He dropped out of that second tier conversation, and now he's more. If and I don't even necessarily know if he's there now, but maybe career afterwards in his career, he's in that third tier. I think he can get back to your second tier, or in, or whatever. Maintain it. There's still time. I think he's still so dominant night in, night out. You know, we can always look back at this one and say, well, it was the injury, you know? It was the injury. But it's still, it's going to look bad. It's, I get, okay, I don't want to shit on Giannis, but (laughs) I think over 48 minutes, Giannis is incredibly difficult to guard. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a playoff game against the Bucks, those last four ish minutes, if it's close, and you really decide we're going to button down the hatches, we're going to play no layups defense. I think you can stop Giannis over the last four minutes. That sure looks like it. Because he doesn't have that, you know, he he has the fastball, but he doesn't have the changeup. Like, if he can get to the rim, he'll score every time, but he still doesn't have that good secondary option. And, like, he tried to go to it. He tried to hit the 15-footers on Wednesday night. Honestly, and they I, were not falling. Dude, sometimes, uh, to me, I think just a better pass would be the option. That should be a second option. Like, he be... turns it over a lot or he shoots a bad shot. And I feel like, dude, look 
we need to find a guy for an open pass. It should be try to get to the rim first. Second should be pass. Find the open guy. And he chose option three, which was shoot a contested jumper, which just isn't his game. Nope. In the name of time, we're going to move on. If you could fire one coach tomorrow, who would it be? Mike Budenholzer or Joe Barry? Wow. And this is a toughie. This is a toughie for me. It seems extra thematic, you know, extra relevant uh, because of, obviously, the Bucks losing uh, very recently and the draft picks. I remember, obviously, I called the Packers draft pick, but <laughs> I remember you texting me and saying, I think I can't wait for Joe Barry to ruin this guy. <laughs> so that's why, like, with that pick, it makes me kind of go, honestly, I want both. But I will go Bud. Okay. I know it's hard. It's hard to stomach. The championship was only two years ago. Two years ago, but, but they're so stagnant on offense. They don't. They looked like they improved on defense, like in the begin in the regular season. I've heard a lot of people say something that I think rings true. He's a fantastic regular season coach, but I don't know how good he is in the postseason. And and I used to give him the excuse of when he was with Atlanta. Well, no one was going to beat LeBron in the East in those years, right? But now, you have your generational, you have your second, third tier all-time guy. I think we need someone that has some ideas on offense, how to make it run better and not get so stuck. I'm going to say Bud. I think Bud is almost ruining LeBron's legacy. Because he went to the finals like eight years in a row in the East. But his toughest matchup every year was the Hawks with Bud. So, clearly, Bud isn't that hard to beat in the playoffs. <laughs> he is kind of almost ruining LeBron's legacy. But I will go Joe Barry. And here's my logic. Here is my reasoning. I think Bud is a good coach. I really do. I know people are going to say, they lose every year in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but... Except for once. Except for once. I think Joe Barry's a legitimately bad football coach. I think he makes decisions that are just nonsensical. I think, like, he has possibly the best cornerback in the game, and he won't use them. He has players that he just doesn't use correctly. He plays, like, in the game against the Lions last year, I remember it, it was, like, fourth and two, and all of the cornerbacks are five yards off the ball. Like, they're just giving them two yards. And against the Heat, I know, like, everybody's going to say, like, we got lit up from three, but, A... Like, you weren't expecting Jimmy Butler to be that good. And B, even, like, when you played him tough, he was still hitting contested shots. Like, all Bud can really do is scheme up a defense that makes you shoot contested shots. I I think they had enough of those. I, I think Bud is a good coach. I don't think he's Pat Riley or Phil Jackson or anything. I, I think Bud is probably better than 80% of NBA coaches. I know, like I know, Bucks fans are going to kill me for saying that, but I, I do, I do think he is the chaos uh, offense, man. We're going to play so random. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. But Ugh. I do think he he is a good coach. I think Joe Barry's just an awful coach. Yeah, I mean, he was on the zero sixteen. Like, don't know why we hired him. Like you said last year, and it, it happened not just on the fourth and two. Uh, you recall, but the like, it would happen when they would just begin like being on the 
for me especially, like, they would get in, beat on the run, no adjustments. They would get beat because they played too far off, then he wouldn't adjust. Like, it's like the opposite of Bamba Don't Break. It was like, we just keep breaking and then try <laughs> to bend one time? Like, I don't, like, I don't get it. So, okay, I think if you could put every NBA coach other than Bud on a dartboard, and you just close your eyes and threw a dart at the board, you might get a coach who's better. You might get a coach who's worse. Like, you know, people are going to be like, nobody's worse than Bud. But it's like, did you see Jason Kidd? <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's a lot no, of... No, Jason co- Kidd is worse. I'll give you that one. There's a lot it. of coaches. Maybe not a lot. But there's a, a handful of coaches Some that coach. are significantly worse than Bud. But if you do the same thing with Joe Bear, you put every defensive coordinator on a dartboard, close your eyes, through that dart... Ooh. I'm 100% confident you would get somebody better than Joe Barry. <laughs> so give me Joe Barry. To get the axe. Speaking of the Packers. They made a minor trade. So they traded back in the draft today. We're going to analyze that. <laughs> I love it. I really think. <laughs> Those extra fourth round picks are going to make the difference. They're going to draft the next David Bakhtiari. The next Josh Sitton, and the next Corey Lindsley. All right, here we go. Uh, they actually made a trade worth talking about. Not saying that those other guys aren't, but I don't care that much about draft spots to break them down. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Do you have the trade package? I sure do. Aaron Rodgers and. The number 15 overall pick, 2023. The 2023 fifth round pick to the Jets. So that's what the Packers trade. So that's why we had to keep trading back tonight. And the Packers receive the number 13 overall pick. A 2023 second round pick, number 42. A sixth round pick this year, 2023. And a conditional second round pick next year that will become a first round pick if Rodgers plays 65%. Of the snaps this season. There you go. Do you think, like, the Jets are actually, like, gonna, like, have, like, Zach Wilson play on first downs? Just to, like, lower the percentage no. of plays. I think they've seen... Like, here you go, Zach. Go go Zach hand Wilson. the ball off, and then we'll put an air in. I think that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. But no. They won't. Well, you know, that's why I should be an NFL coach. <laughs> I, I really like what they got for Aaron Rodgers. I know a lot of people have said fleeced. Uh, you know, a lot of people have said Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who said he would never again play for the Green Bay Packers. The Jets didn't have to give up that much. But, like, I, I believe I said it last week, the Packers around the league are viewed as a well-run franchise. The Jets are, run, are viewed as a poorly run franchise. So, at the end of the day, if this trade fell through... And Aaron Rodgers had to put his head down and come into Packers training camp. And the Jets had to go into next season with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. I think the perception around the league would be, what were the Jets doing? Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, people would be like, the Packers probably know what they're doing. But what are the Jets doing? Now, locally, like we'd have the opposite opinion. Like, locally, we'd be like, Packers are so stupid. But so you like the Hall? I, I love it. I think... Because really, like, the comparison is Devontae Adams last year, right? They got one first, one second. This one, they got a pick swap in the first, a second round pick, 
and probably a first round pick next year. So they got more for uh, Rodgers than they do for Adams, and I really feel like that was the goal. I also wonder if Rodgers, a little bit being who he is as a person, wanted to get more for himself. For himself, or I wonder if he was being logical and like, well, I think I think he's happy with the with the haul for himself, right? Because to me, it, like it's a good haul. I like it too for the Packers. Um, like I said, move up a couple in the first round, get to make sure you get the guy you want. You get a second round pick, like so. You either get two first round picks or two second round picks out of it, depending on how well he does. Or I mean, not even well, just how much he does. I like it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Obviously, it depends on if you like the picks or not. I so hold that thought. No, I have one more kind of amusing part of the Aaron Rodgers deal. So, in order to be traded, because how Aaron Rodgers' contract works and how it's so incredibly stupid. The Packers had to re-sign Aaron Rodgers before the trade went through. So they signed him because, like, all of the money on his contract is guaranteed. He had, like, $110 ish left on his contract. So they signed him to the veterans minimum for 2023, which is, like, $1.6 million. And then pushed out $108 million. So, as it stands right now, Aaron Rodgers will play for $1.6 million this year, and that's all the Jets are going to have to pay him, $1.6 million. And then next year, the Jets have to pay him $108 million. <laughs> now, they're going to like renegotiate and restructure <laughs> it, but I find that to be hilarious. That's pretty good. Also, like, just like thinking about Aaron's personality... And then thinking about, like, New York fans, I could not think of a worse match. Because, like, Aaron is like, everything <laughs> is cool. I don't care. I'm so like, chill. I'm chill. And, like, New Yorkers are like, I'll fight you because you get, gave me the wrong bagel. Get, get out of the fucking way. Yeah. Huh? Like, New Yorkers are crazy. <laughs> and I could see this just completely blowing up. And Rodgers just hating the Jets so much that he, like, refuses to re-sign a new contract or something. And they just get hit with a $108 million cap hit next year. That's part of why this, like, what they got for Rodgers is so good. $110 million <laughs> for yep. two years of a quarterback who's going to be in his 40s soon. I think he'll enjoy being, like, the man in New York, though. I think he will He's chill, like, he's the ego guy. Uh, so being, like, a really cool-ass rich guy in New York, probably fun for him. He seems like he would enjoy being, like, a rich-ass guy... On, like, a ranch in Montana or something. Like, like some out of, like, Yellowstone or something like that. I, I could see that more than New York. He doesn't seem like a city guy to well, me. Well, once Montana gets a team, you know, let's say... Well, there you go. Lucas... Wait, you want to do your segue again? If you like the picks that the Packers got for... Then it's a good trade. Speaking of the picks... Yeah. Lucas Van Ness, do you like it? So nobody saw this coming. Nobody? Except for me? Well, most of you. Me, you, and all the Thurston 10 listeners. So we're going to do a shot. You guys, I told you this. Of that 40-year-old. Five days ago. I think they're going to take, obviously if he's there, Lucas Van Ness. Edge from Iowa. The Green Bay Packers select Lucas Van Ness. 
Defensive end, Iowa. I said Lucas Van Ness. And now that it's happened, honestly, don't like it. And that sounds unfair. Like, I'm rooting for Lucas. I hope he does well. I think it was a need they needed it addressed. So the Bears. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Packer. God, I still think there was some 40-year-old tequila. I'm like, what? So the Bears. A lot better. A lot better. I'm listening to the, I'm listening to the draft. So the Bears pick offensive tackle. And they ask the fans, like, they're, they're this is the draft show where they're like, the Bears fans are right there. They yell at the fans, do you like it? Bears fans are booing it. They hate it. They want probably Smith and Jigba, right? All the analysts love it. They love it. They're like, this is a good tackle. He's got good size. He's got good strength. What was the name also, of the tackle they got? Was it Darnell they, Wright? Darnell Wright. Okay, go on. They love it. Not just because of Darnell's like uh, uh, possible like ceiling and how good he could be, but they like it because of the message it sends to Justin Fields. Right, they're like we're willing to put things around you. We're trying to protect you. That's what I wanted the Packers to do with Jordan Love, and I get now they went. Uh, they went Luke Musgrove and Jaden Reed. People name Luke, so they're getting the weapons now. Um, I still wanted, I wanted them to commit all out go first round offense to help Jordan. Uh, so fun or a quick note on the Bears draft pick Darnell Wright. I have heard some scouts say he is the most talented offensive lineman they've ever seen in their entire life, but he's lazy. He doesn't want to work hard. He has more all like, the skills. More like Darnell wrong. <laughs> he will be when Lucas just throws him into the quarterback. Woo! Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. But for Lucas Van Ness, I actually really like the pick. I think the best defenses are always like the Steelers. You know, like they got all those guys who can rush the quarterback, even going back to. Uh, uh, James Harrison and Larry Foote and wow. you know those guys. Uh, the Ravens always had like really good defenses who could get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The 49ers have always had guys who could get after the quarterback. Seattle kind of did it a little bit backwards. They had the Legion of Boom. They also had a lot of guys in their front four who were really good. For the most part, the best defenses get after the quarterback. Agreed. I also think Preston Smith is probably gone after this year. I think this is his last year as a Packer. I think Rashawn Gary, uh, maybe they try to limit his snaps coming off a torn ACL. So this is definitely a need. Like, don't get me wrong. I think, like, Kingsley and Barquet is a good player. I don't know if he's going to be a 10-sack guy in the league good. I think he's a guy, like, if you sub him in, you don't lose too much. I think that's kind of like who he is as a player. You know, he's a good player. I also think we mentioned it earlier. The Packers have traded back quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I think you can kind of see the mindset. Like if you're trading back, you're trading back because you're trying to stash draft picks. Right, right. And like in the past, we haven't seen the Packers do that in a while. Just because they were kind of in win now mode. So like they wanted to get the guys who could... You know, like, really, like, make a difference that year. Now it seems like they're trying to stash draft picks, which is usually a strategy for the future. I think, like I said, I think Preston Smith is gone. I think this is probably going to be, like, Bakhtiari's last year. I I think there's going to be a lot of turnover on this roster in the next year or so. So, and I think that's why they're trying to stack so many picks. I mean, that sounds like a reason to do it. There are a lot of late picks, though. So, I mean, what... Just fill out the roster? I mean, you're not. And I mean, I like the Packers, when they draft offensive linemen, they're really good at getting offensive linemen 
like they're good at finding the diamond in the rough. I think it was actually Ron Wolf. Maybe it was Ted Thompson. Well, cheese makes you strong. Well, he uh, one of them had the quote and it said, "There's no shame in missing on a safety because safeties don't do everything every play." But you should never miss on an offensive lineman because you see them every single play. Like, they have to do something every single play. You should never miss on an offensive lineman. For the most part, the Packers haven't missed a lot. So Tony Mandich. Too soon. Free. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had to there. Uh, another tight end. South Dakota State tight end Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft. Now, I don't know if I love two tight ends, but... Well, hey. they don't have any, so they probably were always... Well, then you need a few. In the name of time, we're going to wrap this up. It was a disappointing week. I'm going to make one dumb claim, because I have to every episode. And we're out of 40-year-old tequila, so I can do this... So you make two if you want. ...risk-free. <laughs> Start the clock. I'm going to hide some tequila. <laughs> In... 2063, we will come back. <laughs> Do you think there's a chance that we may have just lived through the worst week in Wisconsin sports history? Like, think about the it. The Bucks lost. The Packers traded a franchise, possibly the best player in franchise history, and fans are ecstatic about it. And there's a part of me that always thinks there's a little bit of karmic justice that comes to you when you're just like, the next quarterback will be great. Don't worry. Like, what if yeah. the guys that they got, so Lucas Van Ness and Luke Musgrove, what if they're just not very good? And what if Rodgers goes and completely balls out as a Jet? What if he's incredible? On top of that, the Brewers lost to the fucking Tigers, man. Yeah, that was rough. That was really rough. Uh, didn't enjoy that at all. The Bucks lost. Bucks. So I'm going to say with all that said, all these terrible things that happened. Well, maybe only... One and a half terrible things. No, no. Uh, I live in Wisconsin, so I know that invariably something worse will happen. So I'm gonna go with no. I I mean it could it could be like and that's just gonna be like the most uh, gut punch. It was like when people say and the Brewers lost to the Tigers when we trade future Hall of Famer Jordan Love 19 years from now. <laughs> it's gonna be worse. God, oh God, are the Bucks gonna get eliminated? <laughs> This is our year when Liam or Liam on right? <laughs> is leading the Bucks <laughs> to a surefire NBA championship, and Jordan Love gets traded to the Jets. Ugh. But every time we trade somebody to the, to the Jets, we get a little bit more for them. So come on, come on, Jordan! <laughs> All right, funsies, fun me, dog. What is your most comfort song? We had a rough week. So so when you're sad, do you like music that's sad? Or do you like music that's upbeat to lift you up? And what is your most faint or what is your most favorite comfort food? Okay, wow. Multifaceted uh funsies here today. Well the tequila got me going. Woo! It's the people going. I think overall, a little happy, a little upbeat, joyful song. Not hurt by Johnny Cash. No, though sometimes I will dabble in the songs that like, like if you're really sad and you're feeling some kind of way, sometimes you like a song where like the artist is like in that same mindset, so you're like, I'm not alone. 
This guy's singing about his team losing in five games <laughs> in the playoffs. This is incredible. You know what I mean? Like, that'll make you feel... Where's Cuckoo Kale? <laughs> <laughs> the Thurston 10 mixtape is going to have a song just for you guys to, <laughs> to groove to and heal on. So, but overall, I think the best feel-good song, everybody knows it. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin, a lot of people will say erroneously they think that's Bob Marley. They're wrong. Different guy named Bob. And my favorite comfort food, maybe the greatest food there is, country fried steak with gravy. How Do you like steak? Yes. Do you like fried things? Yes. Oh, what the f***? Country fried steak? There it is. It's like a big old hug. Okay. So I'm going to go in the same boat. Uh, When I'm sad, I do like uplifting music. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like being sad. No, okay. No, it's yeah. weird because, like, if I'm happy, I want happy music. If I'm mad, I kind of want mad music. But if I'm sad, I'm like, I don't want to be sad anymore. I'm done with this. Okay, yeah. So give me Good Feeling by Flo Rida. Ooh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a dancing one. Yeah, people can't see me, but I'm dancing. He really is. Holy shit. You didn't I... think I could do a head spin, did you? <laughs> Break dancing. Uh, for comfort food... When I'm bummed out, like normally I like to cook, or at the very least I tolerate cooking. But when I'm bummed out, I really don't want to cook that much. So I'm going to take like the laziest uh, thing I can do. I just want a pizza ordered. Just order a pizza. And also, normally, if I eat a whole pizza, I feel like a fat piece of shit. But when I'm bummed out, I don't care. No. So then it's like my free pass to eat an entire pizza. Yeah. I don't even care where it's from. I'm going to eat the whole thing. That's Sorrow's Pizza. Charge it to the game, baby. There you go. Uh, do you have a place in toppings? Uh, so I don't care so much about the place because, like I said, I'm just bummed out and trying to clog my arteries. Mm-hmm. But for toppings, yeah, give me sausage, pepperoni, mushroom, Ooh. and possibly onion. Possibly. Depends on the day. It depends on the day. Anyway, that's been Thurston 10. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Thurston1069. Like and subscribe on YouTube and somewhere else. Uh, Listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, iHeart, Google. I don't think I missed anything. I think that's it. It's been real. Peace. The heat. Cheers. Go Ads. Go Admirals. Woo!